Welcome to another video. After a small break of my adventure walkthroughs and taking a breath with some philosophy and mythology, you can find my Plato and Styx videos here, I have replenished my powers and here I am with the most epic, definitely one of the largest and by far the one adventure also play irrelevant of their chosen edition, The Night Below. This will be the first installment out of many. I will need to break down this monster of an adventure that clocks in at 255 pages and it's so densely written that I need glasses now that I have went from cover to cover in a couple of days to refresh my memory of its details. For those who are not aware, The Night Below is a campaign taking 6 players from 1st level to 10 for AD&D 2nd edition written by Carl Sargent in 1995. It came in a box set with a gazillion of amazing goodies. Three books, it's 64 pages of story, six large poster maps with all the important locations that encounters will take place, an eight-page booklet of monsters and new additions and variations used in the adventure, eight reference cards for the game master to find things fast, and 16 seats with 26 players' handouts. The value of this beast is unprecedented. Just a small personal note regarding this adventure. I have read some reviews regarding this masterpiece, calling it slow, sluggish, boring, repetitive, especially after the second book. I have to say I am sorry you had the bad luck to have this gem being run by a game master that he did not do his homework. If you ask me to pick an adventure to run forever, this will be it. One adventure has it all for 1 to 20 levels of play, containing everything you need to have the most unboring experience in your life. Sandbox style, dungeon style, mystery style, horror style, powerful villain, and everything in between. It is difficult for the game master, I know. I have run it many times and not all successfully. But all good things need some time investments. All good things need some sweat and blood to make them worth a while. And this is one of those cases. The more committed the game master is for this module, the more exquisite the experience will be for the players. And I hope by the end of this, I really don't know how many videos it will be, you will have a roadmap to do so. With no further ado, this is The Night Below. So the TLDR. The story arc that runs this adventure is a really interesting and fun one. The players will be victims of bandits trying to kidnap them when arriving at the initially peaceful area of Harrensire, and soon will be asked to find a kidnapped wizard's apprentice in the town of Milbourne. Suspecting a death cult, players will investigate the area and find a couple of bandit groups that work for something more sinister by the looks of it. Feathering the investigation, the players will deal with the first guardians of the Underdark, the Bloodskull Orcs. Overcoming them will give them access to the mysterious deep gnome race known as Zvirfneblin, and by reaching their 4th to 6th level, they will conclude the first part of this adventure. Descending deeper to the Underdark, the players will have to gain allies on the least expected places, proving themselves to many of them to earn their trust and finding themselves at the city of the Glass Pole, stronghold to the Quatois Lizardmen. Casting in all their chips, they need all the help they can get to cause chaos to the city of the Lizards enough for them to abandon it revealing the secret entrance to the deeper layer of the Sunless Sea. Now the players will be 8th to 10th level and will prepare for the last part of this adventure. The players will see with their own eyes the Tower of Domination the Aboleths have created, aiming to cast domination to a huge area above them. The players will have to enter the Sunless Sea and slowly destroy the allies of the Aboleths, leaving them to the center of it all, the great city of Shaboath. 
With luck and good strategy, the now 12 to 15 level players will have to deal with the legendary enemies called the Aboleths. This is the overview of the story and now let's move on to the details of the first book. The book one is called The Evils of Harensire, and I have to put a disclaimer here. Most adventures are doing an okay job to hook your players to the main story, but the writers do not know your players. That's up to you to bind them to the central story arc. So in the specific adventure, having the players be from the area of Harensire is the way to go. They must care for it. They must have families in it, since the end game of it is for an area roughly about 200 miles around the, where the Aboleths are to dominate everything, it is really important for them to have a reason to protect the area. So, the adventure begins with the first chapter of the book, Capture Them Alive. The players will be asked by Grondren, a purveyor of magical paraphernalia, to head to the village of Thurmaster, and specifically the wizard Taster. Yes, I'm going to be using the name Taster instead of Toaster, which is the real name of the wizard, because we all know where this will lead. And so, they have to hunt in a chest of magical material components. He pays 150 gold pieces, which is a great pay for first-level adventurers and a great start for their careers. Close to the town of Milborn, the players will see a group of farm laborers on the road ahead, approaching them. As they draw near and pass them by, nodding, four arrows flying by, aiming the players. The farmers yell bandits and draw clubs and head close to the players to fight together the common threat. As soon as they approach the unsuspected players and pretend to take cover from the arrows, the farmers will use their weapons to attack our players. This is the first encounter of the game. It's two archers, three farmers and their leader, Karlanis. The bandits are not attacking priests and wizards. In reality, Karlanis has been sent by the evil priest Ranchefus, something he will not share with the players under no circumstances. The adventure already sows its teeth. The Game Master is being informed in the book that the first encounter might be deadly for the players. So, in the probable case that the players will lose, you will have them battered instead of killed. They also suggest to use a Deus Ex Machina in the form of an NPC who will kill the bandits, leaving a massacre around them. That NPC will be the druid Oliana and she will leave the bodies mangled, having the players catching a glimpse of the wolf or a woman that is getting away from the scene when they wake up. Even if you don't like this approach, it is interesting since the meeting with Oliana later on will have another gravity, knowing that she is the one that saved them. An important note I have to make here, the first book is the utmost example of a pure sandbox game. There are important locations that things happen, and it is up to the players to choose which of those will investigate, if at all any. The more they explore, the more powerful they will become, and trust me, they will need to absorb all the XP they can if they want to have a fighting chance to finish this difficult adventure. Moving on to the second chapter, Milbor and Beyond, the players will get introduced to two major locations of Harensire, the town of Milborn and the village of Thormaster. The lands of Harensire are owned by two families of note, the Carmen family that own the mines north of Milborn and the farmsteads around it, along with some properties in it, and they are in charge of the militia of the town and the defense of the city of Milbourne. And the Parfrey family that owns the farmstead around Thurmaster and have a family keep in the Eastern Hills. They are also in charge of the defense of Thurmaster. Both families set taxes and they are not unpopular among the people since they are quite reasonable with their levies. Both are perfect locations to start your adventures, but even if you don't choose to be from one of those areas or around it, you definitely will use one of those places as a headquarter for their future adventures. 
and they will need a safe place for the years to come. After all, the 160 people of Milborn and the 100 people of Thormaster are the first ones that are going to fall to the domination of the Aboleths if the players won't stop them from completing the Tower of Domination. Milborn is a beautifully fleshed out town. With information about many areas, the Game Master can use to interweave the backstories of the players. It has the Baron of Matten, your everyday inn and hub of rumors and informations, a Carpet Den Goddard, that is also a 4th level ranger and a constable for the town, and one of the major NPCs the players are going to meet, a boathouse that the owner dubs as an executioner when needed, and a temple with a proselytizer priest that will get abducted down the line, and many many more interesting places. If they have some prisoners from their first encounter, they will meet Garald, the constable, or find themselves at the Baron of Matten seeking lodging. Sooner, rather later, they will find out that a guest is missing. Jalineth retired to her room the night before and she hasn't been seen since. Her father thinks she might have left to go to Taster, her mentor wizard, but Andrend, her boyfriend, has found her component bag and no letter so he fears the worst. He will ask for the players to help him find her and gives them description of important items that they can identify her from. So this is one of my points. Yes, it is a valid quest to start your adventures, find a missing person. But to what extent will they go for that? Do I want to deal with the bloodthirsty orcs and deadly lizard folk for a quest like this? Here is where you should make Jalene an important aspect of your game. A mentor of one of your players, a mother or a sister. Wait for the backstories of your players, and more often than not, you will find some open hooks they might leave with a missing person or a loved person, etc. Use them to build this monster of a campaign with solid foundations. So now the players have another reason to go to Thurmaster, the cargo they have to give to the wizard, and also seeing if he knows where Jalene is. Milborn is 40 miles away from Thurmaster, a place equally fleshed out as Milborn. With the Hound and Tails Inn, Squire Marlin's house, the representative of Parfrey family in the area and the tax collector, Barana's store with the basic equipment the players will need, and of course, the Wizard Tower of Taster. Taster will become an important NPC for the players. He is a well-respected individual and a huge center for information regarding many matters. Of course, he can be a mentor for any arcane casters of the group since he is a 7th level mage. The players will deliver the goods and receive the reward to find out that Taster has not seen Jalene for weeks. He is worried and he will commission the players to deliver a letter to Quipper, another ranger along the river that might know where she is. He is after all on the way back to Milbourne for the players. And that will introduce us to the next chapter, Lured into Darkness. Getting into this chapter of the book, we're getting into some heavy sandbox mode. There is a whole chapter named Gazetteer that has numerous encounters and interesting scenes the players can do to investigate the area and gain some power and treasure. I will detail this chapter in a little bit. For the time being, the basic structure of this freeform part is simple. The players must deal with the two locations of the bandits that are kidnapping people, the Broken Spire Kib, first, and the Garlstone Mine, second. Following Taster's commissions, the players eventually will head to Quipper's farm, a 6th level ranger that has not seen Jalene for a week or so, but he has seen her going to the Hogbroke to gather some herbs for old Taster. Quipper is a great source of information for the wilderness areas of Thornwood and Blessed Woods. So the group, along with Quipper as a guide, will head to the Hog to see for the young girl. And there is the first or second, depending on how the initial encounter went, time that they will meet Oliana. Oliana has not seen Jalene. 
And this is another pot that needs some work from the Game Master. Regularly Oleana would ask for the help of the Ranger and the party to find a little boy that has been infected by lycanthropy and he became a werebear. She wants to find him and incapacitate him to explain the situation and how he could deal with it. On their search for the kid, the group will be attacked by a Blood Skull Orcs raiding party and by seeing the corpses of the orcs, the way they are mangled, they are going to realize that Oliana was the one that helped them initially. After this encounter, the players will find the werebear and they will try, possibly, to deal with that situation without killing the kid. He is a werebear after all and they have the help of Garlid. By the end of it, they will probably save the kid and they will return back home to explain the situation to him. Entering at the mystery of the new sire chapter, the group will return to Garlid and he will inform the third ranger of the group, Shiraz, about Jaleen. If she was anywhere near the western part of Harensire, Shiraz will know about it. Generally, the town is worried. With all the attacks from the bandits and now the orcs, things are grim for the area and the merchants fear for their merchandise, so more work will pop up for the players. A merchant will ask them to escort a barge to Thurmaster for 15 gold aids. Returning to Milbourne, they will stumble upon an auction in the exchange. A family has been forced to abandon their farm due to the spread of the new mire floodings. They are selling the little they could salvage and the players keep on hearing more rumors about what is causing the land west of here to become waterlogged. Darius Carmen, an acting magistrate of the town and a prominent member of the local society, tells them about the mire and that he paid a charlatan mage to investigate the area and he just told him that magic was involved, but he could not identify it. He told to the players that he had to pay a fortune to the charlatan to say something that he already knew. Study the area and find anything you can and I will give you 50 gold piece each for two weeks of scouting. If you solve the problem, I will pay a thousand gold. That's a quest for the players. And this is another opportunity to throw some good interesting encounters from the gadgeteer to the players while they seek out the reasons of the flooding. Eventually they will stumble upon a kid that saw some blue-skinned fiends at the edge of patchwork hills and he bets that those are behind it, skimming little creatures. So soon the players will find the entrance of map 2 and the goblins of the ring. The players will find 6 goblins, 8 more goblins, 12 female goblins and the leader with their wives and sons. Those are cowering goblins, painted their faces blue. They do not raid, they are telling the players to get away, trying to avoid a fight. They can be wiped, but they can also be talked to. The goblins just want to be left alone. They are no threat to the humans. The salmon knows about the flooding and can be interrogated about it. He wears an impressive ring that says it was created by Maglubiet, the goblin god, and it was given to him as a gift. The ring is a malfunctioning water-influencing item. It is a ring of Waller Elemental Command, which is leaking matter from the elemental plane of water into the prime material plane, hence the waterlogging. The ring cannot summon elementals, but it can control them. There are myriad ways of dealing with the goblins. Killing them and studying the ring is the most obvious one, but relocating them to a cave in the northern area where Siraz the ranger can keep an eye on them and study the ring as well is the most efficient and XP-rewarding way. But still, there are so many open-ended ways for that to have a nice end. Let the players improvise as they see fit. This is a really fun and interesting RP moment. Moving on, the players are entering into the perils of the river. They are becoming stars in the area. They are driving off kidnappers, they are killing orcs, they are saving mires. They are friends with the rangers. Rumor has it they have spoken to the wild woman in the woods. People are happy to give them food or share a room. By now, there is a false safety traveling the river to Thormaster. 
They have done it already a bunch of times with no problems, so now the players are starting to relax and feel welcome. And with their resistances lower, now is the time for a nasty encounter. Another simple courier job for the village of Thurmaster, a delivery to Count Parfrey. A squirt is needed for the river travel and onwards to the keep. They offer 50 gold pieces per player. This is a determined attack from the bandit of the Broken Spire Keep. Having heard a lot about the players, by now they are prime kidnapping targets for them. This will establish that the players are hunted for good. The attack will occur just before dawn. Drizzling rain and darkness will make it a perfect ambush. The bandits come from the northernmost margins of the Thornwood, three to five miles from Hogbrook. The players will not have to win this fight, just to survive enough for the bandits to retreat. There are four third-level thieves, two second-level fighters and a fifth-level priest, their leader, Ranchefos. His appearance is really important. The players will see his one-eye-patch figure giving commands. The bandits try to knock out the priests and wizards and kill the rest. When half of their numbers are killed, the bandits will turn and run away. Their leader, with his spells and his magical wings, will most certainly escape and he will be encountered later on inside his hideout. The dead bandits have an odd, faint, fishy smell. They can track them to the Thornwood but lose their trail soon. Making it to Parfrey's keep and sharing the story will make the Count pale in the sound of it, but won't share any more information. They will meet his son, Lantern, who is enthralled by the adventurers and can be coerced in sharing the real info of the story behind Broke Spire Keep. He will say that he knows something about the Keep, but will tell them only if they take him with them. If they find a way to do so, without having the Lord of the Keep in raids with them on a simple adventure, he will describe all the information about the Keep to them. Moving on to the kidnapping on the moors, Count Parfrey is asking the help of the players. He was expecting a group of pilgrims to arrive, but they never did. They need to search the Howler's Moor and pay 5 gold per day if they do so. Heading there, they will hear howling in the north. They find one of the bodyguards of the pilgrims dead and the other one barely alive. Even with healing potions or spells, his body is so severely mangled that there is no chance for him to live though he has time to whisper, Pilgrims taken, red-headed man, his eyes, they were alive, I swear. And he lays dead. After that, the players are going to be jumped by eight death dogs, still free to roam as they like. Sooner or later, the players will find their way towards the broken Spire Keep, and that will send them to the next chapter of the adventure. But in the meantime, this is a great opportunity to delve a little bit into the big chapter of the Gazetteer of Harensire. All the important locations and NPCs are described here along with all the respective encounters that the players can face if they choose to explore them. The Eelhold, the lake, is home to a water elemental and a pixie that Shiraz is having good relations with. The bond with the water elemental is being weakened. If the players have met with the goblin salmon and his ring, they can put two and two together and bring the goblin here to establish a better connection with the elemental with the help of the ring. The Harleton. There's a small village of 75 people that nothing of importance happens here story-wise, but it's a really good place for a resting area for the players during their travels to the new mire. The Patchwork Hills and the Terraces. At the edge of the Terraces and the Thornwood, there is a Featherfall, home to 12 Aracocras. The Aracocras need help with their home in Featherfall. There are a couple of threats that are making the life miserable, either the Orcs or the Gnolls, etc. This is a good place to grab a couple of quests and get some fast experience. The Newmire, 
Without the river of Cutter Brook increasing in size, the new mire is being waterlogged substantially. The cause is a mystery and the people need to find out what is happening. The goblins are the cause of it and specifically the ring of the leader. The Great Rock Dale, a known humanoid menace, exists. Orcs, goblins, hobgoblins have been spotted in the area from time to time. Quippler is a watcher in that area. Hidden in here is the Rose Stone, a six-feet obelisk of limestone. It is a magical stone with a strong aura of good. Hugging the stone and offering a prayer heals the person. Damaging it will cause light wound spells to be casted. If the players help the priest move the stone, the humanoids that are in the area will attack. The players can bring the stone back with many ways. The orcs here might share some info that they do not work with the Blood Skull tribe because they have a bad smell of dead fish. The side effect of the potion of domination the aboleths are using. This will be heard again and again and the players will start wondering what it may mean. The Hardlow Woods Home to some wargs that attack the moor. 200 years ago an evil priest with his assassins lived here. He was a member of a death cult. Count Parfrey cleared the place 100 years ago and still people are afraid of it being cursed. Rumor has it that the fighter Dalwraith was said to have been swallowed in a pit of tar and his magical armor could not save him. Old Grizzler knows a song and might pinpoint the location of that magical armor. If the players seek that armor, they might find an undead spirit of a rite or a wrath depending their level. The Thornwood and the Blessed Woods Broken Spire Keep, most people have forgotten its existence. The original home of Parphrase. What happened and the keep was abandoned is unknown. A supply party found the men there horribly mutilated with expressions of terror on their faces. All men at arms were killed. But the defenses of the keep were not breached. The Greenskins left the keep alone after that event took place, which was interesting on its own accord. Then the Parfrey in charge issued a decree that public speak of what happened to the keep was punishable. In reality, a Nycoloth of Merkel rampaged more than 300 people. Great story to link with some of your player's background, if possible. The Stricken Mire. There are lizard men here. Rumors of a curse, Stricken still exists. A villainous man that wanted to marry a young Parfley woman who fled to the mire and found tragic death in the waters of the Mars. People avoid this place. At the edge of the mire, four Thermaster folk were found dead while they were being fishing and gathering plants. Footprints of a giant can be found here. In reality, there are two Fomorians and their young offspring. Killing them is almost impossible for the players, but smart thinking might allow them to trap them or something to that effect. The second solution is a green dragon named Zendrin. A kid has seen him fly and can spread the rumors to the village around. She considers to be the queen of the mire. The lizard men worship her and she does not need anything more at this time. If the pieces approach, she won't be hostile, and flattery is needed for this part. Attacking her is foolish and almost certain death. If the pieces play on the possession over the mire, they can persuade her to kill the giants or drive them off to be the only queen in the area. They can also broker a deal with a dragon that can be helpful to the villagers around. If they offer her some livestock on stable intervals, she can cast plant growth in the summer peak growing time to help the farmers grow better crop and increase their yield of animal feed. The dragon is lawful, she will abide to any deal they will make. The Half-Cut Hills Quest that might be given by the Parfley family. Uh, the first one is kill the Fomorian giants. The second one is uncover the crypt, that's an old burial chamber in Half-Cut Hill. The Count men located and he is afraid that undead may exist and infest the area. 
There is a rabbit dog sighted in the redwood and he will be grateful to anyone that will clear that. And finally there are some stone giants to the east and he wants to recruit them to do some construction work that he has. If there are many charismatic players they might convince the giants but not before they are doing something for them. Still the adventure keeps leaving open hooks to connect to your player stories and this is why it's a great example of the sandbox. Moving on we are going into the ruins of Thornwood. This is another chapter of our module. The group will be up against one of the kidnapping groups in the Broken Spire Keep. Entering into the area our trap will welcome the players. Here we can find a third level thief that is guarding the gate. Also three guards in each of these areas can be found along with their war dogs. Balrat and Wilmore's fourth level thieves can be found in the room stinking of dead fish and order that the players again keep on facing that indicates that they have drunk the potion of domination. And of course nerdy Hadrus. Finally a thief lookout is guarding this area. The tactics of this area, the thieves will fight furiously. Most of them on a fight they will try to alarm Balrat and Wilmore's. If the players fight with all the thieves and half of them are killed they will go to the evil priest in the dungeon. By now the players will be battered and without any spells so the fight will be difficult and most likely they should escape to fight another day or they will find their demise. If they return late the priest will have raised some zombies to help him. If they delay even more some blood skull orcs will be here as well to support them. Plus some more traps will be placed in the area. If the players reach Hadrus who is being bullied by the rest of the thieves he will be a helpful source of information and he can be turned. He knows where the dungeons is and he can describe it in detail. He can also give a map to the players with everything in it. He knows the rest have been drinking some kind of concoction by the priest and they smell unpleasant after they drink it. The fish stink exposed. Moving on to the dungeon, a jailer is here with a couple of war dogs, cells with some writings carved on the walls. Those are storerooms with a giant infectious rat hidden in here. The latrine dump with a carrion crawler popping out and attacking, quite fitting. And of course the treasure room with dangerous traps, cliff of warding protecting the area. Finally we go to the wizard's chamber, a skeleton can be found in the bed and this is the half mad wizard that served at the Parfrays back in the day. His neck is broken and his ring is the reason that this happened. The golden ring instead of being a protection from lower plane beings it was mal created and it was emanating an aura that all lower plane creatures should attack instantly. The fiend that killed them all beelined to find him and kill him first in his sleep. Moving on into the crypt, the fiend that destroyed the keep piled the bodies here. The evil shrine has two zombies in the unholiest of places where the desecration of the room resembles a nightmare. A lure to make people think that the bandits believe to a death cult. Ranchefo's chambers, it's a secret door that hides this place. Six zombies guard this area and the priest will fight here and will call for reinforcement from room 25 the skeletons and the orcs. If they kill the priest they will find three keys on him. One of them unlock the area 19, one of them unlock the chest in the same area and the third one will open the coffer in the priest bed. They will find potions of domination and an ivory key which later we'll find out that that's one of the two keys that they need to open the orc cave door later on in the adventure. Eventually they will find a secret pathway that connects the keep to the Garlstone mine and the entrance to the orcs. The secret pathway will lead them to map 8. There is a dedicated page of encounters for the underground passage named underground pathways. 
and they can see that the orc doors has two keyholes fitting the one key that they have but then they're missing the other one. Sending the potions of domination to a sage or taster for that matter with the right pay reveal that the creator of it is non-human and amphibian or aquatic in nature. It makes one more open to domination effects. Moving on, Evil Below the Mines, the next chapter of the adventure deals with a second bandit group of the area, the Goldstone Mine. If the players are not interested to explore the mines, this will trigger them. They will find the young priest Sam Hayes is missing. His church is a mess with signs of struggle, with trucks leading north. The players can learn that the Goldstone Mine is a series of natural caverns linked by the miners. It stopped being used 60 years ago and some areas are flooded, so they are unsafe. The map is divided to the upper and lower part. The upper caverns, there is a Wyvern Watch spell to alarm the rest of the thieves. Two halfling guards named Tinsley and Caswell keep watch here. They are ready to alert their bodies in the lower level if they spot the group. A purser is living here. And this is the entrance to the lower caverns. Three bandits are chilling here if they are not alarmed by the thieves above. One albino eel is here trying to drag them into the water. Another bandit is guarding the treasure and a body is floating in the pool, face down in the water. A couple of catfish are lurking in the water. This is a diseased wizard that had been kidnapped and killed by the bandits. The players might get infected by simply touching him. If the brooch he is wearing is taken to Toster, he knows the man. He is Helenru, an old member of his guild. And some worrisome thought will conquer him. The bandits are wearing silver brooches. If the players have not figured that out entering room 19, the undead will attack them. There are four zombies and moving on at the Grand Cavern, the three ringleaders of the bandits are here. A priestess and a priest of the same death cult, Rancefus was, and the red-haired fighter, the same man the bodyguard of the pilgrims described before drawing his last breath. Add to the mix six more zombies, the priests have spawned and you got one hell of a fight especially harder if they are alarmed before the players reach them. An awesome thing is that the writers have thought about the chance the players attack and leave to fight another day. They are describing the reinforcements that will have arrived and be ready to deal with them again. This is something that has been mentioned on all encounters, that the players are possible to leave and fight another day. Really good stuff. One of the priests carries on him Leomund's secure shelter that is filled with treasure. It's an interesting RP moment where the players realize that the whole headquarter of the thieves has no treasure in it. Finding it will make them really happy. The second key for the orc door can be found here. Now, with the clearing of the second stronghold of the bandits, the players might have a sense of false safety again. After all, they dealt with the bandits. Or at least, that is what they will most probably think. When they return to their base, the kidnappings will resume and there will be another adventure for them to expand upon. The Orcs Below the World Entering the last chapter of the book, eventually the players will find themselves before the double door of the Orc Cavern. The doors need the two keys mentioned above to open it. The leaders of the Spire Keep and the Galstor Priest have them. There is also a code to enter if the players want to infiltrate. Three sword sharp knocks, followed by a few seconds later by a powerful buffet against the door. The bandits of Galston Mind remember Jeline if they will be questioned. They know she has been taken by the orcs. Given that the players by now have not found any kidnapped person, it should be obvious that indeed they must have taken someplace else. If the players are particularly talkative and are interested in negotiating, there might be a window that this can be done. Otherwise, this will be a hackfest for the 70s or more orc opponents. In this cavern, you will find 16 orcs of whom 4 are sleeping along with 3 cave lizards, 25 females and 14 young, 
that they are non-combatants along with a fifth level priestess of Luthic that she will defend the group if she's being attacked. 13 protector orcs are found here with an Orog leader. He fights on top of his battle lizard, a truly spooky fight. And Bloodfester, the chieftain of the orcs, along with his two tribal priests of grooms, can be found here. Again, another plethora of ways the players can deal with the instance. Decimating the orcs is the obvious one again, but given the situation, if the initial orcs alarm the other areas of their cavern, the protectors along with the ogre come forward to fight en masse, and until they mix the priests and the leader, there is a good chance the players will not survive to see another day. The orcs will fight to the death, heading back to room 4 and using some of their healing potions or their potions of invisibility to escape. Again, living to fight another day is a valid strategy, and of course the orcs will take their precautions for this scenario, glyphs of warding, wyvern watts, piling bodies and rocks in front of doors to block their way and making them enter one by one. Their last option will be to bargain for the hostages they have, something they will not do during the first attack because they don't have the mind for it, but on the second one they will most definitely do. The orcs have two prisoners, a separate who was about to become dinner for the orcs, and Snugger, a young dwarf from the northern Harrensire. He is the great nephew of Old Grizzler, the dwarf found in Milbourne, and on his way to visit his uncle, he was kidnapped on Howler's Moor. How the group will react is something for me to speculate and for you to experience with your own group. The prisoners will have some important information for the players. They have seen Illithids picking up Kidnai Peace and they have seen Jalene taking down deeper into the caverns. Finishing the first book of these adventures, the PCs would have wiped the orcs and cleared the menacing bandits that they're infestating the area. They know that Jalene is deeper into the Underdark and Illithids have already been added as their enemies. Taking the slope down into darkness, the group will encounter a weird deep gnome race melting out from the stones around them, telling them, I think we should have a talk about what you're planning to do, don't you think? Thank you for being here. And an extra thank you if you stuck till the end. This is by far my largest video and it is only the beginning of this masterpiece of an adventure. Stay tuned for the second part, sooner rather later. Don't forget to subscribe like and comment and find me in Twitter and let's talk about the next adventures you guys want me to go through. Or just say hi, that will be awesome too. This was the RPG Loremaster and welcome to my filled with underdark darkness table.